one. Hello, and welcome back to the Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter broadcast and podcast. I am so pleased to have some very good friends in the, in the virtual studio from South Africa, Melissa and Fred Platt, Platt the co-founders of Footprints for Sam, all the way from South Africa. Melissa and Fred, welcome to the program. Thank I you. Know. It's so lovely to be here and lovely to yeah, have the opportunities to chat. So this is all about Footprints for Sam, but I'd like to give the audience a little bit about you and your background. If you could each give us a little bit of flavor of your background and experience. All right. Um, Darrell, so I started in, in HR uh, many, many years ago and uh, advanced pretty quickly through the ranks and uh, in corporate in, in an organization called South African Breweries, which you may know as SAB Miller. Um, and, and within a very short period of time, I became the uh, HR director of one of the divisions. Um, and I had studied industrial psychology at, 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 at Bits University. Uh, but I needed to go and get out there and, and, and do my own thing. So I did an MBA through Brunel in, in the UK. Um, and from there, I then went on a bit of an entrepreneurial uh, trip, which ended up in, in the acquisition of a, a number of businesses, an IPO on the, on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. And I ended up as the chief executive officer of a company called Accentuate Limited. I definitely don't have as strong a pedigree, <laughs> but um, I, I studied at Rhodes University. I studied industrial sociology and really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I guess the BA gave me such a broad perspective in life in terms of how to, to get out there. So I really went straight into corporate and was there for a number of years, um, leading sales teams and business development and growing businesses within businesses themselves. And then also went out on my, on my own when I wanted to do fall pregnant. And uh, my doctors said to me, if you carry on working these stupid hours, there's no way you're ever gonna have a balance of life. So I studied, studied integral coaching and really loved it. And then fell pregnant with Sam. And sadly, as, as we will talk about in our journey, he then was in hospital his whole life. So I was able to carry on with my coaching, but really focused on him. And subsequently, when he passed away, my, my entire being has really been focused on building his trust, as well as growing my integral coaching and really working in the healthcare sector where I've been able to hopefully change the way people see healthcare and also enable healthcare professionals to start caring for themselves because when they focus on themselves, then patient outcomes also improve. There are just one thing which Melissa hasn't mentioned. So her pedigree is actually far more illustrious than mine. <laughs> but um, when Sam passed away, Melissa went and studied postgraduate uh, pediatric palliative medicine. And she um, was a non-medical graduate, but they allowed her in. And uh, she qualified in uh, pediatric palliative medicine. And may I say, uh, top of the class, cum laude. So yeah. <laughs> wow, that, that, is, that is so impressive. But let's talk about footprints for Sam. I remember when we first met um, we were both attending uh, the wedding of uh, Jami and, and Kadir, 
in South Africa, and you shared a very heartwarming story as we were uh, out in uh, the bush. Tell us about Footprints, Footprints for Sam. Tell us about Sam's story. So our son Sam was an absolute miracle right from the beginning. As I mentioned in my introduction, I did struggle to fall pregnant and ironically he came along naturally and um, we were so excited because Fred and I met later in life and this little man came along. But sadly our journey was not meant to be a very kind of straightforward one and when Sam was born by emergency Caesar, um, on the 9th of April in 2015, he literally went straight into ICU, into the neonatal ICU. And we didn't know if he would make it through the night. But to be honest, my heart was at peace and I knew that this little man was a warrior and he really proved to be that. And for 15 and a half months, he just went from strength to strength. And very, very sadly, when we were two weeks from coming home, he got sepsis and he passed away. Mm. And that was absolutely tragic for us because we were finally, the light was there. We were finally going home with our, with our precious, precious son, Sam. But during the journey, we were just astonished at how little voice we had in healthcare, how little say we had. And it really broke our hearts. We were well-educated. We had supposedly some of the top doctors looking after us in the first part of Sam's journey. And we had private medical aid. And yet, we just were not seen, we were not heard. And subsequently, we've learned how medicine should really be practiced through my own studying and through working with other professionals in the industry. And also the second part of Sam's journey where we had a separate team who showed us about mutual respect, about teamwork, about the parents having a say in healthcare and being part of the plan for their child. And it really became a model that I then wanted to understand better, especially when Sam died, because I realized perhaps had we had that kind of teamwork and respect and collaboration right in the beginning, our son may well have lived and would have lived well. And, and I think that's something that when we do advocacy as part of Footprints for Sam and talk to health professionals, we talk about the person, we talk about the human. And I think in business, in healthcare, whatever one is doing, it is about the human being that you meet and how do we treat each other as human beings. And that's really what Footprints for Sam is about. It's about hope, it's about dignity, it's about respect, and it's about community. And all of our key initiatives, which Fred can tell you a bit more about, are aimed at that purpose, to make sure that people know that they're not alone, that there is hope, and that there are people out there who care. Yeah, I think the in our journey, obviously, we, we face some serious challenges. But what we Sam eventually passed away in a government hospital in Cape Town, which is an incredible, incredible institution with wonderful, wonderful people. And, you know, we, we certainly saw what, what healthcare could be like. But in this hospital next to Sam's bed, there would be kids that was receiving this incredible health or care, but the parents were not there because in many cases they didn't have money for bus fare. Um, so we, we decided that, you know, not only are we going to be advocates for, for in the healthcare space, but also we're going to make a meaningful difference in the lives of these parents and their families facing these uh, challenges with life-limiting illnesses. So we launched a number of projects, the first of which is a vehicle 
project. So we have two chauffeur-driven uh, buses in, in Cape Town, which uh, convey parents to and from the hospital to make sure that they are with their kids if their kids are ill, but also to make sure that kids can be at their meetings and at the follow-ups, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then we have, when we dropped these kids off at home, we found out that many of these kids, uh, there was no food at home. So we started a, a feeding program for these families. Um, and then of course, the, the third area that we look at is data. Um, just giving a parent and the kids a device so that they can communicate. Many kid, of these kids are thousands of, of kilometers or miles away from, from their parents when they're in hospital alone. Um, and then we do the advocacy. We, we've upgraded a number of, um, of facilities in the hospital and we have a very ambitious program which we've just launched uh, to, do, to redo the neonatal ICU um, at one of the leading mother and child hospitals in Johannesburg. Um, so yeah, that, that's really where Footprints for Sam is focused. Wow, that, wow, is, that is extremely, extremely impressive. So you have the, the vehicle project, you have the feeding program, you have the device program, you have advocacy, and then you're upgrading the facilities. Wow. Correct. And it's just been amazing how we've been so supported. And, and our, our key need is to really grow our donor base and grow our networks and social media presence. Um, because I think, you know, although we're in different countries, we're still one and the same. And I think where one can support and, and really grow and support these children where their social circumstances, such as dreadful poverty and, and malnutrition and being faced with all sorts of challenges, as well as a chronic illness, one can imagine how difficult that is. And um, when we hear stories, you know, where we've upgraded facilities at the hospital and, and nurses and doctors have, have interviewed and psychologists have asked the moms, you know, how does it help to have this renovated space for breastfeeding, this beautiful space for counseling and bereavement care and, and the kangaroo mother care ward that we've done. And they just say, it just gives us hope. It just shows us that somebody cares. And, and when you are in such a chronic situation and a scary situation with your child, to then be able to know that you've got this beautiful space to go and breastfeed or to spend some time. And then tragically, if your child dies, to have time in a bereavement area with your child to say goodbye and make memories. That impacts on the psychological well-being of patients and parents. And just by creating these sacred spaces where we can upgrade equipment, upgrade facilities, it just means that patient outcomes, um, things like complicated grief when parents go home if they lose a child, are really managed in a far more compassionate way because there are these sacred spaces that can help to heal because healthcare is about healing. It's not just about curing. It's not just about the physical. We have to look at the emotional and spiritual and psychosocial well-being of these families. Well, you know, your, your passion and enthusiasm and sincerity just comes through. I mean, it really does. It, 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 it truly does. And so how can people learn more about Footprints for Sam? Where can they go on the website? How can they contact you? So the best, we've got a website, which is www.footprints with an S and then number four, footprints for Sam 
www.sexdevelopmentsouthwales.org, which really highlights all of our six key initiatives. And then we have our social media presence on Facebook, as well as on Twitter, which I'm not really great at, Really, still has to show me, and then Instagram. So we'd love everybody to, to just like at Footprints for Sam with the number four, and um, to really share and to care because that's what we love doing. And then recently we set up a wonderful, we were we participated in an accelerator program and we were accepted on the Global Giving International Platform. And this really is amazing, especially for um, donors from America, because you're able to get tax benefits as well um, when you give your donations. So we don't have to be listed in the US, but we are on this amazing platform and two of our key projects are listed there. And the neonatal project is very exciting. And then lastly, if people want to get involved with our Sweat for Sand program, um, and that's where you can run, walk, jog, do it, whatever you'd want to do, um, and Sweat for Sand. And we're actually going to be launching our World Giving Series on Giving Tuesday on the 1st of December. And we would love everybody to get out there and sign up with our app and on our website and just yeah, be part of the team, be part of the giving all over the world as we drive these initiatives that support these incredible young lives. And did I hear correctly that you have a mobile app? <laughs> so not, not us, but um, okay. it's, linked, it's linked to an international platform called okay. Atlas Co. Um, but it's, you're actually the first to know about this. We haven't even Excellent. launched it. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. So we, 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 have, we have a... Uh, a big reveal that is excellent and yeah. uh yeah th that is that is truly 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 excellent uh excellent and so when, when you think about uh footprints for sam and you think about your your goals um especially in this COVID environment um how are you supporting your your you know the, the communities that you serve in such a very challenging time of COVID? yeah so, uh, Darrell, I think the, you know, obviously as things change, we, we need to change with those, with the times. We understand the challenges that are faced. So if, if you look in, in Cape Town, obviously we have our vehicles which, which run between the, the hospital and, and the home. Um, many of those patients were not able to come through for follow-up uh, treatments, especially um, alternative uh, like art therapy, art therapy, therapy. So what we did do is we uh, arranged with the hospital and we made sure that we got the medication and we actually became a, uh, a delivery to the home for those patients because many of those patients are immunocompromised and obviously you, you need to protect them. So we went through all the rigmarole of getting accredited so that we could get these medications um, to these people. And of course, then the most important thing is we, um, we took food um, to those people and made sure that they, they were nourished and that they were looked after and that they were cared for. And, you know, we have an annual dinner, a, a gala dinner, which is the yes. most magnificent dinner in Johannesburg. And we'd like to say broader than that, but we'll leave it for them. <laughs> and and he's been there. Jamie and um, Kadir, wow, they're yeah. so supportive. So we. This when year, is that held, by the way, the, the annual gala? It's normally held in July, but unfortunately we had to cancel it this year. This year, yeah. yeah. But in doing so, we then allowed or, or welcomed people to say, 
why don't you donate your table or your seat at the table um, and let's collect that food and have it delivered. And, and, and That's the beautiful. response was overwhelming. And we got corporates that would take tables um, and, and they took these tables, but instead of them attending the function, we had that food delivered um, to the, uh, you know, to the, 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 the needy families. So, um, so all of that has been, uh, you know, the way in which we've adapted to, to the challenges that are facing us in, in, in COVID. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with uh, Melissa and Fred Platt, the co-founders of Footprints for Sam, all the way from Johannesburg, South Africa. And, um, you know, when we, we, we talk about Sam and um, the posts that, of course, Melissa and Fred that you put up, they're very, very touching. And I read the comments from other folks and they talk about, you know, thank you for sharing your story because uh, folks, some folks have a similar story uh, that, that, that they need to deal with. And it's particularly impressive as the way that you have channeled that your, your, you know, your love for Sam into this, this wonderful project. And so Fred, I can understand why you, why you needed to resign because what you're doing is double full time. What, what, what do you see as the immediate need uh, as, as, as we're talking here today on this program, uh, immediate ap appeal that you would like to make to the, the, the global public about your, your program and, and why it will not only help benefit your local community, but the education and the advocacy uh, will, will help folks on a global basis? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Daryl, before we just go there, I think it's just also important that, you know, governance structures for us are particularly important. So, you know, we've gone the whole hog. We have an independent registered trust, and this trust is overseen by independent trustees. And Melissa will tell you they keep her um, on the straight and narrow. And, and, and so it's so important for us to, to know that every rand, because, you know, or every dollar that's, that, that is given ends up, where it's supposed to. And, and what's most important for us is, is that, that our son's legacy is protected from, from that perspective. But where the opportunity, as Melissa has said, we are in the process of doing two um, big projects, well, three really. Um, the first one is the upgrade of the neonatal hospital. And there's a whole list of, um, of things that we need. We've just met with the architects and we're busy specking it. But clearly, there's a need for a total rebuild of that neonatal hospital. And, and we'd like to collaborate with, with donors. And we'd also like to co collaborate potentially with companies that may be in that field that may want to come in and say, look, we might not give you the money, but we'd like to work with you and maybe provide you with equipment and maybe provide you with, with the, the necessities on that. We're also expanding our vehicle pro uh, project to Johannesburg because, you know, the need is so big. Um, and, and, and that uh, program is, uh, we can put down as many vehicles as we can, but, you know, we do it once at a time and uh, one at a time. And we want to make sure that it's sustainable. Just to let you know that our vehicle program to date for the last couple of years has touched how many lives? Over 3,000. Over. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. And then the third one, obviously, is, is the data program. 
and that is just the connectivity. The food program is always ongoing. So, so we, you know, obviously we, uh, we want to partner with people who, who, who can make a sustainable difference in the lives of, of people. And, and really every program we're looking at um, is from a position of how does this impact this child? How does it give it dignity? How do we restore yes. hope? And how do we make it sustainable? And how do we educate and build a framework that is sustainable into the future where it's not just a once-off intervention, but where in fact we are impacting lives uh, sustainably going forward. Have you, have you considered to partner with research universities that focus on um, prenatal care and, and the associated uh, scholarly publishers who publish their, their research articles? So Melissa is going to answer this, but I'll just say that Melissa has written a chapter for the, a peer review chapter for the, um, the Oxford, textbook. Oxford textbook on pediatric palliative medicine. So we're very proud of that. We've just launched a, a book, which if you can see it is yes. palliative care for children. Um, and this program has been done, and this is where all nurses and, uh, and medical staff will be, will be trained. And then Melissa is, is very keen to participate or to work with uh, educational institutions. Absolutely. And I think just going back to that book, it was actually launched by Palliative Treatment Network for Children. So mm -hmm. I was part of a co-team where it was a true multidisciplinary team working together. And I was there as the parent's voice, as well as the voice in terms of having studied then post-grad palliative medicine, as well as, as a coach, you know, just to see things differently. And I think you know, medicine systemically has been the same for years and years and hundreds of years and things have to change. And um, I think there are many voices like mine and like Fred's, but Sam's voice is very powerful. And, you know, we often, you know, people just say that there was this little boy that lived just over 15 and a half months and has changed lives all over the world when they've heard his story and, and what went wrong and also what went right. And to learn from those lessons so no other children or family has to go through those. And as Fred said, we work very closely with um, University of Cape Town and the professors that work there. We work with the University of Stellenbosch, um, University of Witz. So those are all the, the kind of yeah. big universities within the country. But we would love if there's anyone who'd like to collaborate and understand the experience and use it for research um, so that others can learn and that can impact a wider network and a wider yeah, demographic. That would be amazing. You know, I'm thinking about um, my former employer, Elsevier, as well as uh, Walters Kluwer, um, who specialize in, in, in health uh, scholarly publishing. Uh, and then I think about my alma mater, Seton Hall, which has one of the top nursing programs wow. uh, in the United States. Um, have you considered to do any lectures uh, to institutions outside of South Africa to, to get your message out? So we've done quite a few international conferences where we've been invited to, to speak. In fact, we were due to be at the Marusa conference in Italy, round, in about, Rome, in yeah. Rome, round about now. now but, yeah. um, <laughs> Next like, week. Yeah. But sadly, that was canceled. So I think COVID has really kind of 
you know, I, I, everyone uses this word, so I'm going to sound like a consultant. Everybody's pivoted <laughs> in different directions. But um, I think, you know, it's what, what this has done is it's opened the world in terms of everybody getting online and sharing. Um, but any introductions you can give us, anybody who's interested in learning more about our story, we always love to love to share Sam's story. But most importantly, the lessons that his legacy has left behind that can impact positively and constructively on patient healthcare and patient outcomes, as well as that in terms of the health professionals themselves. Because we saw firsthand the impact of compassion fatigue, burnout, moral injury, um, you know, being in a trauma setting and seeing children die every day. Because in South Africa, that's what doctors see. And it's, it's not normal. And, it, and it, it destroys their hearts. It destroys them in so many emotional ways. And, and then we see that impact in terms of the care that, that sometimes one gets. And, and that's really what happened to us. And, and it broke our hearts. And ultimately, I would say, a lack of empathy and compassion led to Sam's death. And, and that itself is a study in terms of how, how does this way of care impact on health professionals? How does it impact on patients? How does it impact on parents? So I, I'm really wanting to do my master's and PhD, but I just can't find a topic because there's so many. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do I refine it um, going forward? Yeah. Well, you know, my, my, my uh, martial arts instructor from years ago would say to me, Darrell, if you try to learn a thousand techniques, you can't learn one. But if you learn one technique, you can learn a thousand. So uh, I'm, I'm sure as you take it and build on it, uh, you, you, you will certainly achieve that. Now, we're coming down, believe it or not, to the close of the interview. And I'd like for you to um, share with our audience um, an appeal as to what Footprints for Sam is all about and encourage them to participate because it is really truly uh, one of these charities that I've experienced personally that is actually doing the work that you say that you're doing and doing it for a good cause. Yeah, I, I'm going to leave it to Melissa because no one can say no to her. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I think the, um, you know, from our perspective, just at a high level, um, Footprints for Sam is about leaving a legacy, creating hope, and creating dig or, or, or providing dignity to people that are very often marginalized um, in our society and, and, and just creating that, that hope. And, and, you know, we, we, we know the difference. And, and, you know, so I know that when we started, Melissa and I were driving back from the Kruger National Park and on the back of a napkin, we put our dream and today we can say we've achieved all of those. Um, and we know with a little how much we can achieve. And we also know with the help of others because in life it's, it's about community. And we always say, um, I say, you know, they say it, it takes a, a community to raise a child. But in this case, we say it takes a child to raise the community. So I think, I think you wrapped it up beautifully. <laughs> I guess what I would just say is if you're looking for somewhere to, to really feel that you're making a difference, if you're wanting to donate 
and know that you are making a tangible difference, that you can see the results. You can see the smile on the children's faces. You can see the smile on the mother's faces. You know that you are helping somebody's life who is suffering in the most dire circumstances. You could just imagine being poor and then on top of it, having all of this to deal with. You know, it's such a roller coaster when you have a child with a chronic illness. There are so many ups and so many downs and your heart just breaks. They're children that, that are dying at really young ages. And what Footprints for Sam does is no matter what the diagnosis, we are there to make sure that the journey is beautiful. We are there to make sure that you're not alone. We are there to make sure that you know that you have somebody that cares. Well, well said. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank our guests, Melissa and Fred Platt, the co-founders of Footprints for Sam, as our in-studio guests, all the way from Johannesburg, South Africa. Fred, Melissa, God bless you and thank you. Thank Thanks you, Darrell. Thanks to your listeners. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up. Uh, on this episode of Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. And you can also catch the podcast on iTunes under Seton Hall University, Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter. Have a great day, but remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.